Welcome to the Legislate podcast, a place to learn about the latest insights and trends in property, technology, business and contracts. Today we have a fantastic guest, Zoe Conning, a property wizard and managing director of Mana Lettings. Zoe, welcome to the show. Would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, so I'm Zoe, Zoe Conning, uh, as you've said, Managing Director of Armana Lettings. I've been in property for about, gosh, eight years now. I started off as a student, accidentally. Uh, started off doing a few bits for my landlord, because it meant I got cheaper rent as a student, and who doesn't want that? And I ended up falling in love with property a little bit more than the degree. So did you drop out then and go f- full-time into property? I did, yeah. So you've been in property now for all this time. What's been your favourite moment so far? I would probably say, weirdly, um, the pandemic in a, a really bizarre way. So we started the business in 2019, only really ran a business about two months before we went into lockdown. I think we were just like, oh my God, what on earth does this mean for the business? It's either going to do really well or really not. and it was just completely thrown into the deep end, unknown, just started a new business in property. And it was either a case of people are going to want to move to bigger places or people are going to want to size down. And I think, I mean, at the, at the time we'd ended up filling about two HMOs full of divorced men, which was really bizarre. We had uh, a few nurses and doctors that because in the height of the pandemic weren't wanting to go home to potentially harm the families so we're looking for a room to rent with an ensuite so it worked out quite well for us and I think it really helped with marketing strategy and really helped us coming out of the lockdown and out of pandemic to sort of position ourselves in the market of what service we could offer really. That's fantastic and when you say you position yourselves from a marketing perspective is that specifically towards nurses and uh, doctors or or is it just how you, you know, manage properties? Yeah, a bit of both, really. It was These are the tenants that we are going to advertise for. It really helped us get in there with some local employees. Like, we're very lucky to have a Bentley factory by us. AO, we've got a massive factory by us. And they were hiring throughout the pandemic to keep up with demand. It helped us in that respect. It also helped us get a really great relationship with the local council because obviously people's income was affected. So we were helping people that were on universal credit, helping people in their homeless team that just you know needed a place to stay. And it helped us look at the properties we were taking on going, that'd be great as a HMO and we could market that property specifically for people that work in this area of crew and it yeah it just really helped with that really great and how many properties now do you have uh, in your portfolio so we're up to 160 units at the moment so it's a range of one to two bedroom apartments we've got three four five six seven bedroom houses and then i think the biggest one we've got is a nine bed hmo a nice array of different properties And you said that your favorite moment so far, ironically, has been uh, the pandemic. But I guess before starting, before launching the business, what would you wish you had known before starting it? I I think I wish I had have cared more about networking. I think when we first started, I used to find it a bit of a waste of my time. I'd go to these events and spend three or four hours there. I'd do a little 30 second slot about 
what the business is and why you should use us to manage your property and then you'd get a nice breakfast out of it and that'd be it the cliche saying of your network is your net worth I don't think I realized that for quite a few months and again the pandemic helped a lot of networking events then became online network pretty much all over the UK if not the world and just meet people and talk to people and you didn't know who was going to need you for what it could just be queries of I've got a nightmare tenant that I can't evict because of all the legislation changes that have happened in the last sort of two years to actually yes I've got a property in crew and I need management for it so I think probably networking, I I wish I'd have known how important that was going to be. There's a couple of local networking groups that I'm a part of, and they they account for almost 60% of our business now, which is great. And I just think maybe if I'd have learned that four, five, six months earlier than I had have done, where would the business be now? And another thing is probably just invest in yourself as well. Your business is your baby, isn't it? And if you're not 100%, your business can't be. And I don't think enough people know that, especially with Instagram and Facebook. People are always posting the nice cars and the nice holidays that they're going on and the 5am grafters club and stuff like that. But it's not sustainable for me anyway. When I first started, I did do that. And I was up at five o'clock in the morning, I'd be going to the gym, I'd be in the office at seven and working 12, 13 hours a day, six, if not seven days a week. And you just burn out. And I I went to a networking event, a property one, which I shall not name. And uh, there was a guest speaker and I asked him this question. I said, everyone on Instagram is working these 12, 13, 14 hour days, six to seven days a week. They can do it and I can't. Why can't I? What am I doing? I'm scared I'm going to burn out. And he was like, if you burn out, you're not passionate enough about what you're doing. And I was like, that is the worst piece of advice that anyone has ever given me I was just like how dare you (laughs) so I was just like I need to figure out what works for me what is going to be sustainable long term because yeah all right great I was getting up at five o'clock in the morning and replying to emails but then a couple of weeks later when I was burnt out or I was too tired or maybe I wanted to take a holiday the landlords and the tenants were still expecting that reply at five o'clock in the morning and it's just not sustainable at all so you don't need to join a 5am club you just need to figure out a routine that works for you and there's no set routine that everyone has to do it just has to be sustainable and you have to set you know expectations to your clients whether they're landlords investors or tenants contractors just that these are the hours I'm going to be working and this is when you can get a reply so yeah I'd say networking and finding a routine that works for you definitely very interesting and networking is, is one of those things where it's always difficult to start somewhere how did you go about starting were there certain places that you looked to find networking groups or did they come to you so in the last couple of jobs that I did so I worked in IT and I worked as a business trainer and both of those businesses went to breakfast type network meetings and weirdly the day we started I had a message on LinkedIn uh, from this lady who just started a local networking group I was like, oh, not another one. So I was like, no, it's fine. I'm really sorry. I'm really busy. I just want to focus on growing the business. So maybe I'll come in a few months, which ironically, that was what the networking group was supposed to be for, to grow the business. I had eventually joined this networking group. And a lot of them, you go to a couple and you just pay for your breakfast and that's it. There's no sort of hard push to join. And the first one I went to, 
I think the reason I liked this one more than the others was because they were like, oh, it's not just all about getting referrals and passing businesses. We offer business training. We offer training for you to do a business plan. We do budget training. We do sales training. And that's all included in your yearly membership. And I was like, well, that's exactly what I need. It was effectively getting a mentor as well as networking. So I was like, oh, this is brilliant. So that sort of made me choose that one. And another reason I liked, it wasn't specifically a property networking event. It was just more about local business and where we'd positioned ourselves in the market at the time to work with local businesses to help house their employees and employers. We really wanted to embrace our presence in the local community so we thought it doesn't really matter what business we're working with which made us lean more towards a non-property specific networking event that's interesting and and so the lesson here is to you know look for networking groups which are aligned with where you want to grow as an individual but also uh, from a business perspective yeah um, another thing that that we found was a lot of our landlords and investors were in different areas of the UK for example we've got quite a lot that are in London so we'll do a lot of networking events in London in Kent and that sort of thing so what is your vision for Amana Lettings where do you see the business in three to five years um I think it's just natural growth which is always nice I think we're just mainly looking at different areas of the UK. We're predominantly in Cheshire. We've got properties in Crewe, Nantwich, Sandbach, Middlewick. We're, we're slowly branching out to the sort of Stoke and Stafford area. But I think what's been different about us, and again, something that I have the pandemic to thank for, is because we weren't able to go out to the properties, a lot of what we do is virtual and hybrid. We haven't got offices. We're in the process of looking at the moment. But a lot of what we do can all be done online our tenants for example they've all got qr codes in their properties they scan them they get a nice little welcome pack that's got all the information in about wi-fi where they can report maintenance if we need any meter readings they can submit them on there if they've got an inspection due they can book it all online through calendly and that'll send a link over to our team and book it in with our lettings manager and it'll book it in with their calendar set up a nice Zoom link. It's all very automated. And the more we did that, we thought, actually, we as letting agents don't necessarily need to be at the property. The only time we really have to go is if it's a face-to-face viewing, which we always send a video tour first because sometimes we all know pictures get edited a little bit and sometimes the rooms can look a bit bigger than they are so we like to do a video tour so that it's not wasting our time traveling to the property and back and it's equally not wasting their time and back we sometimes get people traveling 30 40 minutes to to view a property so if we can send the video first that's great so we'll meet them at the property we'll do the viewing and then after that there's a key box at the property so cleaners and contractors can access it inspections we can all do via video link all the documents are sent online anything to do with tenancy agreements and that sort of thing so we went well really we could manage property anywhere in the uk all we have to do is make sure we're organized with viewings even if that's in cardiff if we can plan one day where we go and do all of these physical viewings and get pictures and dress the property and videos and all that sort of thing and we can be organised with that, 
then we could do this everywhere or package up this management product uh, and CRM that landlords can use themselves and make sure that they're getting the gas safeties and the electrical safeties when they're due and all the maintenance is being taken care of as soon as possible because that seemed to be one of the biggest headaches at the previous company I worked for was just that tenants weren't reporting maintenance as soon as it happened. So it'd just worsen and worsen and then it'd be more expensive for the landlords to fix. So we try and make it as easy as possible for them to report. Otherwise, tenants just won't. When you say that you want to make it easy for the tenants to report, um, at least one thing that we noticed with tenancy agreements is tenants are often scared to report because it's not clear in the tenancy agreement that it's one of their responsibilities. Is that something that, that you can relate to? Yeah, I think it's a mixture of it's not clear on the tenancy agreement because it's in the tenancy agreement instead of a separate document. It sometimes gets missed because they're looking at who they need to speak to if they want to decorate and if they can have pets and when and where they need to pay the rent and Equally, I think there's almost a fear of, oh no, I've accidentally broken something or there's something in my property that needs maintenance. I don't want to be charged for it. I understand. And and since we've talked about tenancy agreements, are tenancy agreements the, the contract you create the most or are there other documents that you, you know create and generate as part of your business? Yeah, it's a mix of obviously the tenancy agreements and then the terms of businesses that we that we send out to our landlords and investors that work with us. But along with the tenancy agreement, as you know, there's so much else that needs to go with it. You've got your how to rent document, what reference checks you've performed, your gas, electrical, EPC, HMO license sometimes, fire risk assessments, emergency lighting testing. The list is just endless and it's ever-changing. Documents get updated, like the how-to-rent documents, for example, will get updated. As well as that, with the QR codes that we've got in the property for the reporting system, we'll send that out. We'll send a welcome letter out, a separate document on this is how you pay your rent, just so that there's no confusion and nothing mixed in with the tenancy agreement that the tenant's just going to go, oh, I'm so excited to move in, click sign this sign that and not really read and understand it especially with hmos in our area at the minute they're not charging council tax per room which is something that may change so we want to cover our backs and our landlord's backs if that is something that happens with what bills are included we have recently had a new landlord at one of the hmos they've stayed with us for management which is great but we had a call from the tenants the other day to say their internet was down so when we phoned the company, they were like, oh, yeah, the, the new landlord cancelled it. And uh, I, I, I spoke to the new landlord and he was like, it's not really a utility, is it? And I was like, no, but you're going to have seven very unhappy tenants if they can't watch Netflix or work from home. And actually, you should have probably spoken with us first because they have signed a contract that says we will be paying all of these bills that include your, your broadband. So you're going to have to set that up. Interesting. And and key thing is getting tenants to read um, their agreements. That's one thing that at Legislate we definitely try to do. And and we offer different views of the contract. We offer terms as a set of questions and answers, which are essentially the key terms, which will say, for example, that internet is included. But we also offer the, the classical text PDF view that people are used to seeing. And we definitely notice that it increases engagement and reduces questions and also reduces breaches of contracts. And and when you're creating your contracts, whether it's with a landlord or with an HMO tenant, are there any common objections that are raised from that contract that you're sending to them? Don't 
think so. There's, there's obviously a couple where it depends if they've got a mortgage or not on there, but that tends to be it, really. Okay. And, and in terms of the mortgage, is it because it needs to be specified in the agreement? that people ask about it? Yeah, a lot of the time it tends to be if, for example, it covers from both ends, if the landlord, for whatever reason, stops paying the mortgage and the house is repossessed and if they're getting it refinanced, sometimes a lot of the refinance companies ask for that to be put in as well. I am conscious of your time, so I'm going to ask the closing question that we ask our guests. If you were you know, to sign a contract today, what would impress you? I think for me it's probably the speed of it and how much I had to do. I think one thing that I really like about your system is you set up a unit and go, this is how much the rent is, this is who the landlord is, and you only have to do that once. Whereas with other platforms and platforms that we've previously used, it's every single time that you use that, you have to keep updating the same bits of information. So I'd probably just say ease of input and information and reminders i think automatic reminders of people signing documents are a nightmare yeah we definitely want to with intelligent automation because you don't want to automate in in a way which eliminates flexibility we're trying to make that as smooth as possible and um and as fast as possible Mm. thank you thank you very much zoe for uh, being on the podcast best of luck with growing a business and uh hopefully we can have you on the show Thank you. Bye.